Welcome back to the fifth episode of the Bench Press Podcast. Man, it feels good to be back in the studio. We got the whole gang, the Founding Fathers here. We got myself, Bennett Snyder. We got Wesley, Statman Minky to my right. How we doing? We had last week's host, C. Robertson Crobb over here. Glad to be back. Gotta die, miss this right here. We got producer Timmy to my left. What up, boys? Oh, God, it's the best. It's the best. It's the best. My boots were on the ground last week in Nashville. A little bit of field reporting. And I don't want to jump straight to the end of our episode, but I just want to say I called Taylor Luan, one, not playing. He got injured in warm-ups, did not play. And two, I called the Tennessee Titans upset. So we'll get back into that. But man, we had a crazy weekend of college football. Some top teams not looking too great, especially Ohio State. Hey, now. We had hey. a good NFL weekend. Well, maybe West didn't have a good weekend. I didn't have a good weekend. Tim didn't have a good I'll weekend. Tell you how a game, Krab- I'll tell you how to damn good weekend. Krab had no a good weekend for his Cowboys. Stupid-ass Owen jokes. They're, right. They're not 1-0 anymore. Or they released Owen. Yeah, they did release Owen. They got one in. <laughs> one and one now. One and one now. As always, Bench Press Podcast is presented by Max's Meals, a great charity ran by a great friend of the show, Max Meyer. If you haven't checked it out yet, be sure to check it out now. If you haven't checked it out yet, what are you doing? That's true. That's true. Why would you not check it out? We've only said it all the time. I know. It's a great cause. Great cause. So let's get right into this college football. I don't even want to talk about the Buckeyes this week. Anyone else want to talk about the Buckeyes? Because I sure fucking don't. Skip. No, we suck. Keep going. We're not a top five team. I, I'm going to be honest. I was sleeping. Okay, so I, I guess by default, we're going to skip there. Ohio State's not a top five team. Bench CJ Stroud. That's all I have to say. Okay, so I guess we are maybe going to. No, we're done. Okay, that's it. All right. So, uh, Travion Henderson, Heisman. Go on. Jesus Christ. Okay, let's talk about some top 10 teams struggling this week. Alabama versus Florida was the game of the week. Bama squeaks out a two point. That's a squeak out win, Wes. Man. Not 14 points. Yeah, not points. a 14 point uh, two, W. Two points, a squeak out win. Alabama wins 31 29. Wes, any stats from that game that seem relevant here? Um, Not really. Alabama was leading, what, 21 to, 21 to 3 at one point? At the end of the first, yeah. Yeah, it gave up. It's true. What? 13 unanswered before they scored again. Squeak out two points. Florida almost wins it, or almost ties it, I mean. Two point conversion. Miss it. That's the game. It was a great game. Great game. Carl, what about you? Um, if I was 21, <laughs> I would not be happy with my bank account right now because I thought for sure that Alabama was going to cover that game, especially after how they started. Bryce Young threw three touchdowns in the first quarter. Let me tell you, buddy, you were not the only one. A lot of people, over 21, of course. Well, I wasn't. Firm because I'm, believers. I wasn't because exactly. I'm 19. Exactly. exactly. Tim. Thank you. Yeah, no, uh, Bryce Young did look a little bit rattled in that second half and his first road start in the swamp. And also, I mean, Alabama's run defense, holy shit, they got ran all yeah, over. Yeah, didn't look great. Can we credit any of that to Dan Mullen and his staff's halftime adjustments maybe? Because a lot of the times the first quarter you come out, you execute your game plan, you have a set few plays that you know you're going to run and attack their defense with. It kind of looks like to me Florida adjusts. They win the second half 20-10. to 10. Do we think maybe Saban just got comfortable at halftime, or do you think it came more down to the players not executing for Alabama? It'd be hard not to be comfortable when you're known as the best team in the country and you have a guy like Bryce Young as your quarterback. I mean, I'd be comfortable with 21-3, to and the game gets a little out of hand late, but 
Nick Saban find the way to win. That's just Nick Saban doing Nick Saban things. I mean, when I think about it, it's a team that, like we've said before on this podcast, they lost a ton of people last year. When I think about it, obviously they have not faced adversity through that first two weeks at all. So they get up to a big game. They probably have a little bit of miscommunication. It's not great execution. Let Florida get back into it. And they don't respond well, but they responded well enough to still win the game, right? And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Alabama got outgained by 110 yards, and they gave up 245 rushing yards. Yeah, that's going to be interesting because good. no one really tested Alabama on the run. I mean, I guess Derek King had a decent game on the ground, but... The U stinks. Exactly. So when they get into some other difficult SEC teams, I mean, they're most likely going to run into Georgia and the SEC championship. Hey, let's not sleep on Ole Miss this week. Ole Miss, yeah, it's going to be a great game. And obviously, they're, I mean, they're going to have to play Lord, Auburn, Good Lord, did they too. surf the green wave. They, they did <sighs> surf the green wave. Enough. Yeah, but Matt Corral could just torch them. He could. Another top five team that struggled this week, Oklahoma, with only a seven-point win against Nebraska. Nebraska had plenty of opportunities to tie that game or to even win the game. One thing that I think everyone took away from that game is that may have been the greatest interception we've ever seen in our life from DJ Graham. I mean, my jaw dropped when I saw that. I love the angle I saw from Trey Young, too, who's at the game, right on the sidelines. I was a sick. He was right next to the play. That was so cool. What a catch. Unreal. Are we worried about Oklahoma? Because we've, us four, have watched Nebraska play before, and golly, is it hard to watch them. We watched Illinois. If we were 21, I'd say we would have bet on Nebraska week one against Illinois. And week lo- zero. Week, I guess week zero. And it would have lost, of, lost us a lot of money if we were 21. We are not Nebraska lovers. I'm week zero. I'm not 21 again. I was all over the Illini that week because Nebraska stinks. So I would be a lot richer if I was 21. I don't like Spencer Rattler at all, so I have no confidence in Oklahoma. Back to the main point, though. So no confidence in Oklahoma. How Anyone else? What are we thinking, Tim? Oklahoma, we worried? I'm pretty worried. They can't run the ball, really. And honestly, their passing game has been great. Like Marvin Mims was supposed to be a Belentikoff, basically like one of the top five guys to win it. He's not doing anything. Spencer Rattler really can't throw the ball well, and they're using him a lot rushing-wise, which I don't think is – what he's best at and I think that he's going to he could get run into the ground late into the season if the, he keeps getting these carries especially in the red zone where he's been successful but he's getting a lot of carries down there and that's where he takes a lot of big hits certainly not great for Oklahoma but then again it's the big 12 who's really good right now exactly did they, did they move it all in the AP pool I'm interested they moved down that. did they, they go did? to four they went to four Oregon went up okay. to three okay sense. well another another top 10 team that struggled Number six, Clemson. I mean, I don't know what to think of this team because after week one, I remember we were talking about, did we think that that Georgia-Clemson game was good offense or good defense? And I think we settled as a podcast that it was good defense in that game. Gosh, it sure seems like we were wrong because, I mean, if Clemson can't put up more than 14 points, they were trailing in the fourth quarter of that game. How do you not beat Georgia Tech by more than six points? I'll tell you what needs to happen right now. Dabo needs to get on the phone, all right? He needs to call up Mackenzie Grimsley, get her in the locker room, and give her the keys to the castle. Just let her give a speech to the boys, and if that doesn't get them riled up, nothing will. So you believe that the key to Clemson's success, let me get this straight, is TikTok girls? Yeah. I was actually about to say the same thing, so I'm glad you said it first, Tim. I mean, 
they might just need Mackenzie Grimsley to get in there to do some of these uh, TikTok trend dances. They like, are we going to need that to happen? Trevor Lawrence's wife was one of those TikTok girls with Mackenzie Grimsley. Was like, losing Trevor? Who was the bigger loss? Trevor Lawrence to Clemson football, or Trevor Lawrence's now wife to the Clemson girlfriend TikTok? Marissa community? Lawrence was the bigger loss. Bigger loss. Argue. Wes, you you, I mean, you look like you disagree over there. I I don't disagree. I think that <laughs> DJ, uh, he just he's not good. Say his it, last name. Ungalele? Oh, oh, close. Butchered it a little bit. I, I don't even attempt to do it. So. Ungalele. I believe it's Ungalele or Ungalele. Yes. Yeah, I don't like even that. try. Okay. Well, anyways, I just it blows my mind. He's he's one to eight or eight to one odds still to win the Heisman, and he hasn't Ugh. looked even a bit good yet. He's gonna have wanna, to really I, turn it up in ACC. It play, just blows my mind because I don't know how. I mean, I just don't get. He it. hasn't shown me anything yet that says that I would throw any money. Once again, yeah. if I'm 21... You're not throwing no money anywhere, my friend. If I was 21, I would not even come close to putting any of my money towards DJ Ugalele. And that's how you be a responsible better plus 21. Exactly. Uh, Clemson's leading rusher is a freshman, so and who is not looking like he's averaging 4.2 yards to carry, nothing great, nothing looking like... That was ETN's biggest thing was that every time you give him the ball, it was six, seven yards a pop. Their run game isn't great, so they can't really support DJ with that. And he's not, he threw, didn't even throw for 200 yards last game. How? Yeah, DJ, 18 of 25, 126 yards against Georgia Tech. And Justin Ross, seven receptions, 61 yards. Yeah, how yeah, are we not that. getting Justin Ross the football more? That I mean, guy should I think be we a top, are. He should be a top 10 pick in the draft right now. I think Clemson is. I just don't think he's I getting excited any, for him to come back. I just don't think he's getting any space. Like, DJ looks terrible. He has no time to throw the ball, and when he does, he throws it terribly to Justin Ross. He puts it in, you know. No man's land. Yeah, no chance for Ross to make any play on it. That team's going to have to turn it up, especially if they want to get into the college football playoff. They control their own destiny. They win out, they'll get in. It's going to be interesting to see with Clemson. As far as top 10 teams struggling, of course we want to say Ohio State, but we already said we don't want to talk about it. Just real quick, they look terrible. Back to the more important game, probably outside chance it was game of the week. I know we already said Florida and Bama was. If that game wouldn't have happened, Penn State versus Auburn would have been game of the week. What a great game. And I need to be the first to say it. After week one, I was all like, Will Levis is better than Sean Clifford. I think I need to pump the brakes on that. Sean Clifford looked great. But he had a game. 28-32, 280 yards, two touchdowns. Penn State wins at home in their whiteout against Auburn. That atmosphere was roaring. Penn State's defense holds off Bo Nix and Auburn late. Great game. Great, great, great game. Auburn's run run game did not disappoint. Tank Bigsby, 23 carries, 102 yards, two touchdowns. Jark West, 109 carries, 63 yards. They played like we thought they would. Bo Nix looked terrible, as you said. Clifford looked good. Jahan Dotson had a pretty good game. 10 receptions, 78 yards, one, one also, touchdown. Yeah. Also completed a pass. Yeah, he, Do, did, he did complete a pass for 22 yards. Good trick play. Is, Tank's, is Tank get... Sorry, Bigsby. No. Tank Bigsby. Yep. Is that a first team all name guy? Uh, I think it's it not his true name, nickname. Real name Cartavius. Which is also he just sticks that. That's also ver- cool. What a versatile name. But as a running back, <laughs> if I was called Tank Man. Yeah. That's all. Also, their leading receiver was Kobe Hudson, which anybody named Kobe gets respect. I mean, Bo Nix, Tank Bigsby, and who did you just say, Carl? Kobe Hudson. Are they are they number one ranked in AP name pool? Have to be. Have to be, Tim. Can't miss uh, John Samuel Schenker on there, too. Yeah, huh? I was just about to, yeah. Where? And we got uh, 
this one's not as cool, but Javarius Johnson. Where are we a, getting these guys? This dude's got a lot of J's and a lot of R's. Jarquez Hunter. Like, that's oh, a cool name, too. He, defense. T.D. Moultrie. Where are we? Where is Penn State getting these guys? Mark. Or, sorry, where's Auburn getting these also, guys? Also, I would like to say another... We preach it every time on this podcast. Let's fix the damn targeting rule, please. We do. So, Kobe yeah. McLean got kicked out of the game for making... Just trying to stop a touchdown. Can we just basically. skip over that name? Say it again. Zacoby McLean. Oh okay, my okay, god! Another name: Zion Puckett. Jesus, these names are insane. Where is Auburn I getting these it. guys? But oh, I, also, I... last one: Ramelo Height. I got one more actually. Uh, Gosh. What about what about uh, nah, Nehemia Pritchett? Like, no disrespect. To There's a guy's name. This guy's name is Smoke Monday. Yeah. No way. No, yeah, Smoke no, Monday. Oh, my God. How did I want? I <laughs> no scrolled right by that. Holy moly. Smoke Monday. Zero disrespect to the <laughs> Auburn families, but we love your names. Like, no. Wow. Now I want to check out Penn State's Absolutely roster. Absolutely love the names. Don't do it, Crab. It's going to let you down. But back to what you are uh, saying. Oh, no. They got one that's kind of cool. God, are we off topic? Go ahead, though. PJ Mustafer. <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, back, back to what you said about targeting. Whoever that guy's name was, <laughs> I saw he tweeted out, and he was like, "Yeah, what it, would you like me to do next time? Zacoby McLean. Yeah, what would you like me to do? Just let him score next yeah. time. I agree that targeting it needs to be fixed. I do agree that they're trying to do the right thing, keeping the game of football safer, but it's so difficult to do in a bang-bang play, and it shouldn't be something where you can review and kick well, some, someone with out With the Zacoby McLean play in particular, I've watched it again since I watched it, it was live. Shoulder. It was not head-to-head contact. Yeah, he didn't I even agree. lead with his head. He just was falling down to try to put his body and like his weight in the way of the goal line, right? Like he was our, the Penn State player, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Jahan Dotson, I'm not sure. He was being tackled by another member of the Auburn secondary. And just to kind of make sure he can't extend or he can't like kind of have a last tug into the end zone, he just dropped to try to be there. Like Nothing was intentional with lowering the head. He can't even really lower the head because his whole body is, like, falling down, right? Yeah. Like, it's just a stupid-ass rule because then the kid gets ejected from the rest of the game. And then, like, I'm I'm glad they don't kick them out of the whole stadium anymore and they're allowed to stay. I do like that. But then he, has the to, then he has to sit there on his sideline while they're in a tight game in an electric environment and he can't do anything to help his team as a senior leader. I, I haven't heard a single person in all of college football that thinks a targeting rule where a player is ejected is a good rule because a you're causing kids a chance at their careers you're they're losing basically a full game of what they would like to put on tape for nfl teams to look at and on top of that it's college like it's their atmosphere they're at home with all these kids for instance this weekend it also happened against ohio state tulsa's middle linebacker i believe who was apparently he's a senior captain like was their best player on defense, gets ejected. Ohio State does not not score for the rest of the game. They score every drive after yeah. that. I mean, it's like it's things like that where Ohio State didn't look good on offense. Suddenly that guy goes out. Our run game blows up. Things like that can happen. That's a game changer. I just have one counterpoint real quick to try to be funny. It's not going to be funny. James Skalski, linebacker, Clemson. I'm sure we all knew who I'm talking about. He's been there for 19 years. Throwback to when he got ejected in the national championship yeah, for targeting, and everyone thought it was like the end of his career, and he's now still playing at Clemson. Somehow. I don't know how I, he's still there. That's I don't know. I just remembered I was watching this Clemson GT game this weekend, and I saw him, and I was just mad confused. Yeah, he made a big play. He did. The last the last game in college football I want to cover. Let me guess. Another top 10 team. They struggled, but I don't, think, I don't think it's because of, they, of the way they played. I think they played a pretty difficult team. 
The Cincinnati Bearcats travel to Indiana, struggle early, but dominate the second half. Desmond Ritter didn't look great. I mean, neither did Michael Penix. Penix was 17 of 40. That's Penix hasn't looked great interceptions. Penix hasn't looked great since he got hurt. No, he he hasn't. But like I said, I don't think it's mostly because of how the way Cincinnati played. Indiana is a pretty difficult place to play. That place was bumping. They still end up winning by two touchdowns. And we got a little sneak peek. Friday's episode, we're trying, trying, trying to get bench press athlete James Camden on the show for a little interview. We want to talk about this weekend's game and then next weekend's game against Notre Dame. They got a bit of a trap game coming up. Yeah, they do. I'm a little worried. Whenever you play, I mean, you know, they've got – I was wrong, actually. I didn't even look at their schedule. They're on a bye week. They got a trap. Next week, I was yeah. just they about to say that. Bye. I was just about to say they you have know, a bye can, week. Can Desmond Ritter not go out to the clubs? Can he maybe stay in with his baby, protect him, a little movie night weekend? We hope Ritter doesn't get any trouble. He seems like a good guy, though. Seems like a good guy. Could possibly be a friend of the show after this whole interview with James. Go ahead. Diverting a little off Cincinnati, but to their opponent, Notre Dame. I did see a statistic this weekend during the Notre Dame-Purdue game that, like, the rest of Notre Dame's schedule, like, nine out of the ten teams they have left have a bye right before they get Notre Dame. It's crazy. Like, talk about an all-time spite from the schedulers. Just to be like, you don't want to join a conference? Bye, bye, bye. Every team... People were saying a lot of it was like ACC, like, oh, you don't want to play in our conference full-time? Okay, have every team right off their bye week. Yeah. That's tough. There you go. There's a whole week of rest they have to prepare for you. Smart. It is. It's very smart. I wouldn't like Notre Dame either. But, I mean, honestly, wait, do Clemson and Notre Dame play this year regular season? Uh, They did last year. I don't think they do. I don't think so. I think Notre Dame's toughest ACC game is, yep, I pulled it up right now. Besides playing Wisconsin this week, Cincinnati, their hardest remaining game afterwards would be in South Bend, but against number one or number twenty-one ranked North Carolina Tar Heels. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like if Notre Dame wins out their schedule, I mean, they've played a gauntlet so far. P- probably the hardest schedule in football so far. I but would I say. feel like they yeah, always Toledo was real tough. Oh no! Wait, why am I thinking that Florida State was a hard game? They're no, 0-3. it's not. That game was just close. And but I, I wouldn't like... even I wouldn't even argue Purdue's that good. They they are two and one, but I wouldn't argue that they're like great. Although they do this next five games for Notre Dame is a gauntlet they got wisconsin in wisconsin mm-hmm. then they Madison. come back home to play cincinnati then they got to go to blacksburg virginia tech oh god enter sandman's get gonna Sand get you Band. then they back to south bend usc who obviously are on a little bit of a down stretch right now game, but though. still and they're still decent they were ranked top 25 back to first team all name what the fuck is USC's quarterback's name. Oh, Keaton Slovis? No, no it's not Keaton no, Slovis. No, no, no. Oh my God, this dude's name is so Jackson good. Dart. Yes, Jackson Jax- Dart. But it's like not Jackson. It's Jax, like J A X S O N. Dart. Dart cool. as a quarterback. And the other, oh, the other night so cool. he that's had the, best the other night he had eye black. Like, like he a basically dart. did it like right down yeah. his eye. Like it was a line. Yeah, like, down he's his cool. eye. It he was fuck. That guy fucks for sure. Sorry, Crob. Didn't mean to cut you off. No, there. you're I... good. But then they get the, that fifth game of that stretch is uh, North Carolina. And granted, it's in South Bend, but that's a five game stretch where you play three ranked teams Virginia Tech, who beat UNC, and USC, who was ranked two weeks ago. That's and a gauntlet. And they, it's not like they have to worry about playing in the ACC championship at all because they're not in it. Exactly. So they finished their season. I mean, I think they, they'll deserve to get in. But any last remarks about the UC Bearcats? I thought they looked pretty good. 
Uh, Jerome Ford had a good game, 20 carries, 66 yards. Not correct. And two, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns saved yeah. it. Three yards I think, a carry. But I think great. the UC run game looked a lot better than I anticipated. I thought it was going have to have to be a big game from Ritter. And he didn't really start well. He started a little uh, shaky, couldn't really get his receivers. And then they got on the same page and golden after that. Yeah, Ritter's deep ball was a bit rough in that first yeah. half. He, As mi- was he missed. Yeah, they both missed probably two touchdowns each. Well, what's weird to me is Cincinnati, not so much this year, outside of the Miami Ohio game, but last year Cincinnati would get off to good starts. Like Ritter and the boys would come out and they would be pretty good and in a groove early. That has not been the case. Obviously, the Murray State game that was not the case. It was not the case on Saturday against Indiana. They struggled early, but they have found their groove and they have dominated late game. And I think. If they can kind of figure out those early game woes, they could, because I mean, after this game against Cincinnati, besides the green wave, I mean, they don't really have another test until. You mean this game with Notre Dame? Yeah, after this game, besides the green wave, Mm -hmm. they don't really play anybody that I think can really challenge them at all. Tulane only can challenge them offensively. One thing I was really looking forward to is Ty Freifogel, because I kept hearing so much about him. Like after last year's game at Ohio State, he had a huge game. He looked really good. I expect him to have a huge game against UC. He didn't, but DJ Matthews really stepped up five receptions, 120 yards. Had a lot of big plays. He looked really good. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how many games that Indiana team can win in the Big Ten. One and two starts, not what they were not looking great. for, for sure. And they have to go through the East, which is a gauntlet. Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. Oh, speaking of Ritter, speaking of Ritter and his kid, game day was here, or not here. Game day was in Clifton today interviewing him. So it looks really? like Saturday is going to have a little... Saturday show, we'll have a little Ritter interview. Man, that's going to be money. So, week three, college football wrapped up. Wes, I'm going over to you. Give me Heisman favorites. I feel like three weeks in is the perfect spot to start digesting things and analyzing. Because I would agree. One weekend, two weekend, you can't really see. You know, some guys may have played easy schedules. But three weeks in, who do we got, Wes? So, I got a top five of my Heisman rankings right now. We can go through each guy after I say them all. But at number one, I got Matt Corral, quarterback of Ole Miss. At number two, I got Bryce Young, QB from Bama. Number three, Kenneth Walker III, running back at Michigan State. Number four, Sam Howe, quarterback at UNC. And fifth, Blake Corum, running back from Michigan. To be completely honest, I think even two weeks into, or sorry, three weeks into the season, to me it's seeming like a two-man race. I think so too. I think it's going to come down to Corral and Bryce Young. I really do. Two SEC quarterbacks. Which is going to be a fun game this weekend. I'm it gonna, will be. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I agree with your top five there, except I want to move, however you say it, Corum. 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 Yeah, yep. move him up to four. Kick Sam Howell the hell out of that See, conversation. with that, here's the thing. And then number five is kind of a toss-up right now to me between C.J. Verdell and Malik Willis out of Liberty. I was looking at stats because I thought the same thing. I thought, no way Sam Howell could even be top five. I was trying to like just digest stats from this past weekend. Sam Howe, 867 pass yards, nine touchdowns, four picks, 251 rushing yards on 39 attempts. That's a 6.4-yard average and two touchdowns. After week one, however, 875 yards total, 10 touchdowns and one pick. So he's, he's really turned around since that Virginia Tech yeah, but game. Like, let's look who he's played, right? I mean, I agree, but to be fair, I mean, Michigan hasn't played anybody yet, and Blake Corm's having huge stats. Kenneth Walker hasn't really played anyone. Matt Corral hasn't played anyone. I'd like to throw uh, Grayson McCall, quarterback from Coastal Carolina, into the conversation. That's fair. McCall's got some good stats on him. What are we looking at? 739 yards, six touchdowns, one pick. QBR, 83.6. QBR fake stat, though. He's definitely versatile on his legs, too. It's going to be interesting to see what his rushing yards are. But that comes down to me is, are they ever going to give Heisman to a non-Power 5 
player. I has, Heis, has the Heisman Trophy ever gone to a non-Power 5 player? In yes. the modern era? Rod, oh, not in the modern. I was going to say Roger Staubach Navy, but yeah, that's the first thing that comes to mind when I think of non-Power 5. I'm going to look that up really quickly because now I'm but, curious. I mean, just like think what, like, we, I just said that stat line for Sam Howe, who like on any given year, Heisman contender with those numbers. Compare that to Matt Corral, 997 passing yards, 14 total touchdowns, zero picks. His last game, 416 yards and seven total touchdowns in three quarters versus a two-lane green wave. It's definitely seeming like it's going to be Corral's Has award to, to lose. Crop, the, did we find that out? The last non-Power 5, Ty Detmer, 1990, quarterback from BYU. And then the year before, Andre Ware, quarterback from Houston in 1989. Other than that, since 91 when Desmond won it, it has been a Power 5 school. That's what I was assuming. It, uh, biggest media attention, all that. So all the last 30 years, it has been all modern. And basically since 91, it's been all Power 5 guys. And I don't really see – like I think McCall is really good. He's not going to get enough national exposure for uh, really to be competing for the award. Exactly. So, well, see – I wouldn't be surprised if Coastal Carolina becomes Power 5 in football soon enough, right? Like, yeah, if you think about it, all the teams that are leaving the AAC to go to the Big 12. AAC is not Power 5. In football? You don't consider that Power What do you consider they're, Power 5 They're group Pac-12, Big 10, Big 12, SEC, ACC. They're, yeah. I can that, buy, that's top 5. My bad. Forgot the Pac-12 existed. <laughs> that's Sometimes we do. all do. Sometimes that's we all do. <laughs> I completely was like Big 12, ACC, Big 10, SEC, and then the AAC. Well... I guess you could consider Power 5 plus the AAC. I wouldn't be surprised if Coastal got a call from the AAC. I wouldn't either. I, they seem like they're ready to move up. But jumping back to Corral, is head coach Lane Kiffin. Did we see anything on who Lane Kiffin follows on Instagram? He follows, it was one person, it's now two. One of them is Matt Corral. Tim seems like he knows the answer. Don't, don't say it. Krob West, any guesses on who the only other person? Can I get some sort of a hint? Quarterback. Future. What do you mean future? Quinn Ewers. <laughs> He's already at fucking Ohio State. You mean like a high... Oh, Arch Manning. Arch Manning. Arch Manning. Yeah. Arch Manning. <laughs> he, he's, he has an official visit schedule with Ole Miss. I would not be shocked. If Lane Kiffin... Kiffin, sorry, that sounded really weird off my tongue there. If Lane Kiffin keeps turning things around in Ole Miss, I would not be shocked either. Do we think Arch Manning's going to come down to Tennessee versus Ole Miss? Because if it comes down to those two schools, whether or not Tennessee hands out the biggest McDonald's bag of all time, I would have to assume that it's going to be a lock to Ole Miss to play for Lane Kiffin. Do we go with Eli's school or do we go with Peyton's school? It's gonna I be don't think he's going to go to Tennessee. It's either he's going to go to a big namer or he's going to go to Ole Miss. And who knows? Lane Kiffin, by the time he's there... Ole Miss could be a big name. Have you school. seen those videos of Arch Manning spinning that ball at Clemson? It's a hitch. You can't. Yeah, you can't help it. There's. Yeah, some kids just can't help it. No, they but do he makes it look throw. beautiful. He, I bet he can't stop it though. And when he gets to college, they're gonna make him stop it. They're gonna make him stop it. I mean, he's gonna be electric. I can't wait to watch him play college football. Moving into the NFL here, Thursday night football recap. I predicted a low-scoring one. God, was I wrong? Thirty. Same. To- 30 to 29 there. Or was it 30 28? 30 to 29. Neither team could stop a parked car. Gosh, Dan Dimes out here finally looking like he played good enough to Number win. Number one rushing quarterback in the NFL. And, uh, is and, he actually? Okay. Gosh, is that No, it's Lamar because he ran for yeah. 100. I was going to say. Dan Dimes ran for 95 yards and he had 58 yards taken back due to penalty. Let's think about that there. That seems like Dan Dimes is. Running the football is going to have to be something that they throw into their offense for the rest of the year to be successful. But regardless, neither team looked great. Taylor Heineke ends up edging out Dan Dimes. 
questionable offsides call late in the game on Dexter Lawrence. Hopkins hit kicks in a game-winning field goal. Football team wins 30-29. God, I hate both these teams right now. I do too. Crop's laughing over there. What, Crop? In the NFL, where do we think Daniel Jones is in rushing yards rankings in the NFL? The entirety of the NFL. Receivers, running backs, every top 15. I hate that he's top 10. He's neither of those. He is top 20. Okay. okay. He is 19th. Lamar's third, and also we completely forgot Jalen Hurts. He's 12th. Uh, how many yards a carry does Dan Dimes average? Well, he so ran for 10 he in is, Thursday night game. So he 10 has a carry. 15 carries. Some of those could be sacks, though, that they're considering carries. And let's do the quick math here. Dan Dimes ran for 8.1 yards per carry. That's pretty damn efficient. Yeah. Yeah. And yards per game, he's going 61 on the ground per game. My biggest takeaway from this game, I was happy Terry McLaurin finally got going. I think that was mainly because of how well Heineke played, but they weren't going against a good defense. Wes, stat guy. Terry McLaurin is the first Washington football team player with 10-plus receptions and 100-plus yards with a touchdown since Pierre Pierre Garçon in 2014. Jordan Reed never did it, really? Nope. Jordan McLaurin Re- hasn't done it before? Nope. Jordan Reed was had a concussion every two weeks. That's so. fair. I mean, you got to think, though, the 10-plus receptions is hard enough to get. That's going to that's gonna take a lot of players out of that question. Yeah, and I guess the football team never really plays in a shootout, no. so that makes sense. Heineke looked good, though. Is he the future? I'm a fan of Heineke. I'm, I said it the other – I don't know if, who I said it to the other day, but I did say – you said, said it to me as well. I think Heineke, Must have been when we were watching football. I completely think Heineke can be the quarterback of the future for this team. I thought so in the offseason, but obviously Ryan Fitzpatrick is – he gives you a solid floor, and he's a veteran. He knows how to run an offense, and you're, you're a contending team for the playoffs. So why wouldn't you just roll with the veteran there? But I think Heineke, given basically – what, before Ryan Fitzpatrick gets back, it could be like nine or ten games under the helm of this offense. He could yeah. really take control. I think he's – I think he's – I mean, he proved last year in the playoffs. He's got what it takes to stay in big games at least. I don't know about win them, but stay in them at least. He gave the Buccaneers the best game in the playoffs he did. last he year. Did. He against did. Against Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. Taylor Heineke gave the Buccaneers the best shot they took. That was a great game. So before we get into the rest of the Sunday slate, I guess Monday Night Football as well, something we did last week, we did some week one overreactions. We're going to do some week two overreactions too. Would anyone like to start, or should I just go, oh, Wes, quick hand up. Let's get over to Wes. All right, I have an easy one. I think the New York Jets are going to go 0-17 this season. That's not. I mean, they played the Dolphins twice. Okay, relax. <laughs> <laughs> one bad That was game. really good. Okay, but honestly, you think? I think Zach Wilson is not what people thought he was going to be in the NFL game. He honestly could lead the league in interceptions. I saw a tweet. They said uh, Zach Wilson was just a Mormon Johnny Manziel, and it made me chuckle. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. To be fair, I think wrong truth through two games. At least Manziel won a Heisman. That is true. I think Zach Wilson can turn it around. It's game. Trevor Lawrence has looked just as bad, right? Both of them have. Mac Jones has looked like the clear best quarterback from that class. Yeah, so far. Davis Mills was out there tossing. We're gonna see how that goes Thursday. But honestly, Owen seventeen. I truly think that. Yeah. I I mean, their schedule's not like crazy hard, but they're not crazy good. You know what I mean? Like they're. (laughs) 
Like they're not good. I mean, it sounds pretty crazy to me. They're sounds not. Like they I just play. don't think they're good, like at all. I really don't. And you, I, I don't every they, single I don't stat think they win that. I don't think they win a single divisional game. West dug into those next gen stats, and you well, no, well, I just don't think this team. They play. I just it. don't think they're a good team. Like, I just don't think they're a good team. I don't think they win any division games. And out of division, there's not really many teams they're going to lose to. Well, they're not going to win a single division game because they play in the hardest division in football, right? <laughs> Wasn't that? <laughs> that was said by. So I guess that justifies his own 17. Crop, you want to go next, or would you? I know mine's going to get you wild up. Or well, riled up I think I can. Mine will kind of lead into a different topic of conversation. So I think I can go last. Okay, Tim, would you like to go before me? I'd love to go. Oh, boy. My reaction is Tyron Matthew is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Played one game. Two interceptions. He's all over the field. One for a touchdown. Yeah, pick six. And he's going to be the best player on that Chiefs defense. And if the Chiefs defense ends up coming together and being better than people thought, and they're going to win a lot of football games, he's got a pretty good chance, I think, to win defensive player of the year. And a secondary player hasn't won it since Gilmore did. And before that, it was a very long time. Don't remind me. Let's not overlook this. This doesn't show up in the stat book. Tyron Matthew did that right after beating old Uncle COVID, man. Did yeah, we did. see him on the sideline of that game? He was huffing and puffing that oxygen. It looked like he was actually in pain, and he played great. Two two interceptions, like you said. He had two through three drives. I would also just like to say that's mainly, not mainly, but partly because Lamar is a really, really bad passer when he has to get passing before the run game's already developed. But I do think that's a possibility, Tim. I agree. I just, I mean... God, when you said Stephon Gilmore, that made me sad, man. Like, because oh, the thing is, John Howard should have won it last year. Okay, Stephon Gilmore won it with what six interceptions? Interceptions, Inter- interceptions isn't a stat that you can like really build on in terms of. But Tyron Matthews is going to have eighty plus tackles and probably two or three forced. I'm just saying though, like Gilmore's stats weren't unbelievable. It's the same reason Ramsey gets it, like gets recognition. He's just a great player. He doesn't have good stats because they're it. all better players than Xavion. I agree. I don't agree, but Jalen. Ra- well, yeah, but Jalen Ramsey also like his numbers aren't as good as them because no one throws to his exactly. half the field. Oh, I understand poor that. Jacob Eason who tried. Or <laughs> Jacob Eason he, first tried to- first NFL pass in the regular season just yoinked from him. Yeah, he did try. Tried so, Crab, you want me to go before you? Yeah, you could go first. My overreaction. Zeke Elliott's time in Dallas Ooh, is coming wow. to an end, Tony man. Pollard. T- I can't wow. watch this. I can't watch the Cowboys anymore and just ignore the fact that Tony Pollard is a much more explosive and a much more talented back at the time of his career. I know that hurts maybe as Cowboy fan, as a Cowboy fan, you are Crab, but and also as Buckeye fans, Wes and Crab. Yeah, my he's not a Buckeye fan. Do you my honest opinion. I you agree with me. I wanted him the fuck out of there last year. The I gotta ca- say though, the, like I don't know how. Mm, we pay the man too much ugh. money to get one yard per carry. You I'm can't not sure, trade him. Man. You can't. No, no one can't. wants him. Fucking cut ties. All with the him. talk was last year is the reason he didn't produce as well is because like Dak was there or Dak wasn't there and the offensive line was hurt. Well, now the offensive line's getting healthy and Dak's back and the production still wasn't there. One Here's thing. what I will say. Okay, go ahead. When Tony Pollard was in, he opens up the offense because the rushes we do with Tony Pollard are much more dynamic than the rushes that we do with Zeke. And when Tony Pollard was able to get some outside runs going, it opened up the offense for Zeke to then run better because they did kind of split 50-50 down the line. And Zeke did end up getting close to 100 yards. I think maybe you don't cut ties with Zeke fully, but if you use him in tandem at least, because Tony Pollard's too good to just stand there. Well, there are also two very different running backs. 
So Well, yeah, Tony Pollard was a receiver in college. He wasn't even a running back. He's a converted running back. Like you said, I also think part of the reason that Pollard's looks like he's being a lot more successful in the field than Zeke is, is the play calls they can call for Pollard are a lot more diverse than the play calls they can call for Zeke. Zeke is a between-the-tackle, I'll-run-you-the-F-over-and-I'll-get-a-couple-yards kind of guy. Tony Pollard has put me anywhere on the field, and I'm going to be successful. I know I signed Tony Pollard in Madden, and golly, did he look good. That was before <laughs> the season even started. So I don't want to say part of Tony Pollard's success is that I picked him up in Madden, and I gave him the confidence that he needed. But I'm also not saying that it's not the reason. Sign him to a big that's contract. Also like, but that's just the way Zeke's always been. Like that, That's what makes Zeke who he is. Like at Ohio State, the Ohio State offensive line was one of the best lines Ohio State's ever had when Zeke was there, which allowed him to have space. And mix that with the receiving core they had back then, which was incredible. You know what I mean? I like do. It's the the pass game is way more opened up, which is why Zeke should be producing, and he's not, which scares me. I have a total side note that I just thought of because of my Madden comment. Crob, Tony Pollard and Michael Gallup are free agents at the end of the year. What are they going to do with Zeke's contract? I said earlier, just get rid of it. I don't care how you have to do it. They'd have there's, to eat so much money. There's so much fancy finagling that you can do in the NFL nowadays. Taysom Hill is basically getting paid no money right now. Yeah, but this is Jerry Jones we're talking about. He doesn't understand that. He doesn't. He's not a smart guy. So as a Cowboys fan, if Gallup and Pollard are gone next year and Zeke's still on the team, are you upset? Yeah. We All need right. to at least retain one of them. I'd agree. So it'd be what, Zeke, Amari, and CD rather than Zeke, Amari, CD, and Michael Gallup? And Tony, and Tony Pollard. Pollard. And Tony Pollard. That would stink. Is that like that of big weapons. of a drop off though? Oh like yeah. Like star power the, wise. The way you watch well, their offense. Oh yeah. Who would you rather have as wide receiver three? Michael Gallup or Noah Brown slash Cedric Wilson? I think shout out pretty obvious. No Brown baby. Awful player. All right, Rob. <laughs> let's hear it. Come on. You've been gassing up this overreaction. Let's hear it. Overreaction for week two. Derek Carr has a legitimate chance to win MVP. Oh my. Oh my. I agree with you. But, 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 this Ravens schedule gets pretty hard coming up. Yeah, I'm, and I'm not saying that it doesn't, all right? The Raiders, you know, it's two games in, right? But it's an overreaction. But what was it 2015, 2016 when if he didn't break whatever he broke, he was winning MVP that year, right? I mean, they get a team that lost 0-35 to this week. Then they get the Chargers. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Who is that okay. team, Krob? Um, they play in Florida, and their quarterback is not Trevor Lawrence. Is there? Let's their do some guessing here. Is there? Is their mascot a mammal? Yes, it is. Does a mammal. their mascot have fur? No, <laughs> the man, the mascot does not have fur. Do they is wear? Therefore, the they mascot wear? is a mammal. That's a little philosophy. Yeah. Philosophy. The boys are taking philosophy class. We learned. That I learned. One. You know what I learned last night? Hit me with it. I was told that the standard form of that argument, the technical definition. Syllogism, or syllogism. However you say it, definitely gism. Uh, also, do does this team do they wear candy ass uniforms? This team does wear candy, and I will say, I started the team they played this week. Their defense on fantasy football, greatest decision I might have ever made in my entire life. Who is this team they played against? This team is West Minky's own Miami Dolphins, and they played against the, the Buffalo Bills. Oh, guys, division rival. Guys, West walked out of the studio. Someone go give him a hug. Someone go. Oh, he's back! Yay, Wes. Regardless, Ooh. they get Sorry. they get the Dolphins, then the Chargers, then the Bears. <laughs> I wouldn't argue that these next three games for the Raiders are all 
I think that Chargers game is on Monday Night Football, and my God, is that going to be a good one? Maybe not Monday night, but Sunday night. But then the Bears? Better defense. I, I, I don't disagree. All I'm saying is Carr's going to have to keep doing what he's doing, and with the talent around him, I'm saying it's going to be difficult. Like, Kyler Murray, I feel like, is the he's the favorite in the ha- the clubhouse right now, right? Because just statistically, he is so good. And Mahomes, obviously, statistically, is very good. But Derek Carr is leading the league in pass yards by 120 yards, which it's two games. It's a small sample size. And granted, he has a ton of attempts. But at the end of the day, he's getting it done. I don't want to make excuses for the teams that Derek Carr has shredded so far. But let's just be real. The Baltimore Ravens came into that Monday night football game with the complete wrong game plan. They yep. tried to blitz all the time. And, and they tried, tried to play man-to-man. Against Waller, and that didn't work, so he was able go, to go to Waller. The Pittsburgh Steelers were depleted as hell. They have Watt a groin left. injury epidemic. Yeah. Watt left with an injury. I know Tim knows. Who else was injured for that? Uh, no Joe Hayden. H- Joe Hayden. Yeah. So best corner. Best no best middle linebacker Devin Bush was out. Alua Lua got hurt. Tyson Alelu fractured his ankle. He's out for the season. Yeah, Alelu, that's how you say it. T.J. Watt played a quarter and a half and still had a sack and a forced fumble. So and prayers and, up for Deontay Johnson. Yeah, Deontay Johnson walks out with a uh, knee injury. He's questionable this week. But my point is, if he can, even though the Steelers' defense was depleted, if he can do that against the Steelers' defense, I believe he can do it against any other defense in the league. That's the defense that made Josh Allen look like a chump. I mean, I'll say this though. Minka got toasted by Henry Ruggs deep. Henry Ruggs weirdly does that though. Like he's he's dog shit for like most of the game, then he gets one play where he beats you. One thing. I'm worried about this injury that Derek Carr suffered. When he was down, it looked like his season was over. The whole team was on a knee around him. He finishes I, I, I the game. Yeah. He finishes the game out. And now Gruden's saying he's questionable. They're saying he's probably going to be able to play because that's what a quarterback with toughness looks up looks like. They get up from an injury, stay in the game. Wes, what's wrong? Nothing. I don't know why you're trying to act like QB once all bad boy and he has to play through a hard injury. He has broken ribs on his throwing arm. I don't know what you're trying to look Whoa, at. Whoa, are they broken? Sorry, we'll get to it. We'll we, get to it. We're talking about Derek Carr. Who the hell? Derek Carr's not about, broken ribs. I was Derek Carr has an ankle I ta- injury. I was taking a shot at Wes about Tua for leaving the game. I know. Derek Carr also got hurt last year. Remember that Thursday night football game? Looked like he was done then, too. He, comes, Car- he came back the next game. And that was after Mariota came in and played really well, too. And Derek Carr responded. I see no reason why he wouldn't again. Also... When Derek Carr was on the ground, I got really excited. Not because Whoa, no, whoa. Listen, listen. I mean, how many times can Crop cancel? First of first of all, I am one of the biggest Derek Carr lovers around. Doesn't sound like it. I got excited because once he seemed to be okay, I thought we might get a play or two of Nate Peterman. Oh god. Because Mariota was inactive. So for Tim's sake, obviously, or I was very excited that Peterman might be on the field. Okay, well let's just stick with this game. Raiders Steelers Raiders edge out the Steelers in Hines, win 26-17. to 17. I just don't know what to think of the Steelers team. If their defense doesn't win games for them, then I don't think they're going to win very many games because if the Steelers' offense can't produce against the Raiders' defense, then I don't think they're going to produce against very many teams. Tim? Oh, I mean, Big Ben looks like a zombie out there. He, he does nothing He's for you in the pocket. Peck injury, like, too. D- yeah, Peck injury might not play this week. I'd almost Let's go Mason fucking play. Rudolph. God, shoot me in the back. Hey, Dewey uh, Haskins, dude. He doesn't bring anything to the offense, really, that 
other than the fact that he had a really dirty pump fake that even faked out the cameraman. That was the, that was the best highlight of the entire Steelers offensive day. I'm sorry for those that just that aren't in studio with us and are listening to this. Crob so just, just said Dewey Haskins, and the look at that rushed over Tim's face was like, why would he ever touch the field? Oh, I'd rather have Dwayne Haskins. Dewey play. Haskins. At least, at least I know that Mason Rudolph sucks. I can at least hype myself up and be like, Dwayne Haskins is the fucking future, baby. Here's the good thing here, though. Both of your backup quarterbacks can take a hit. Mason Rudolph took a helmet. Or no, he swung. I no, mean, he took a helmet. Dewey. And don't, then Dewey took a punch right in the mouth from his wife. So... <laughs> Both of your, man, so, that's some grit. And, so and both of your quarterbacks. Hey, he broke his tooth, dude. Show some damn respect. Sorry, that's my fault. He, that's my both fault. your both your backups can take a hit. Josh Dobbs is he still on the roster? No, he's he's long on gone. he's on the PS. Yeah, he's long. Well, no, is it? Oh yeah, Dobbs they, on the dude, oh, yeah. he went. He left to go to the Jaguars, and then the Steelers last uh, year were like, ha, ha, "Let's they, trade back for yeah, him." I don't understand the obsession with Josh. They Dobbs. love Josh Dobbs and his giant forehead. The right to Dwayne Haskins was the third finalist in the Heisman conversation. Well, that's college. There's a lot of guys who are good. Yeah, in what college, an electric individual. Good win for the Raiders there. I'm excited to see my Bengals take on the Steelers in Hines next next week. Sorry, and I know we touched on Nathan Peterman, and I just touched on my Bengals. Talk about a quarterback having a Peterman-like stat between three plays. Very Peterman-esque. Joe Burrow throws three picks on three straight plays. It hurt my soul. I had to turn the TV off. It actually worked out because the Bengals came back late in that game. And then you made us turn it back on. I don't no, know why. I did not. I, I looked at the live feed. It was it partially my fault. Bears hold on 20-17 to 17 after a late push by the Bengals. We saw a little bit of Andy Dalton, but he left with a questionable knee injury. I don't really know how valid that knee injury ACL is. ACL apparently not involved. Yeah, they said a bone bruise. So we got a good glimpse of what Justin Fields looked like. Wasn't great. It wasn't great. And I think a lot of people, if they saw that Justin Fields was playing the Bengals, they would be expecting that he would have a great day because the Bengals aren't known for a great defense. But I'm not so sure that this Bengals defense isn't better than their offense this year. This defense has looked very well. I think they're 11th in the NFL in total yards. They held the Bears to 20 points, held the – who the hell? They held the Vikings to – what was that final score? 24, 27-24 last 27, week. Yeah. Dalvin Cook to 66 yards. I don't think that David Montgomery had a particularly great game. Had a huge chance to stop Justin Fields late, third and nine in their own territory. Fields scrambles for 10 yards to ice the game. I mean, even Fields didn't like he re- had ten carries, only three, only thirty-one yards. Like their yards per carry has got to be great because they stuffed up David Montgomery to three point one yards a carry too. Their defense looks pretty fucking legit, especially their run defense. It's looking like the money paid off for that team. I was upset that, I, as was Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase with the play calling. The Bengals are last in the NFL in passing attempts on first down. If they're not last, they're very close to last. And on second and over six, so second and long. The Bengals lead the NFL in rushing attempts on second and long, which why? I I, I don't understand. Wes, Krob, anything? I mean, Chicago's defense looked at least close to what it was advertised as going into this year. Four takeaways in the second half alone. That's big. Uh, Fields played not great. I thought he was the best bet for Ohio State's QB. Not filtering into the NFL well breaking that saga but it looks like he's not doing great so far so we'll see how that goes but you got a stat yeah uh, we got some breaking news bradley chubb arthroscopic uh ankle surgery out for six to eight weeks we did Ooh. see west showed that earlier really, i was yeah. gonna wait to bring that up but now that you're bringing that up let's just go <laughs> straight to that broncos game the broncos have looked legit 
but let's just say it. They've looked legit against two of the worst teams in the NFL. Teddy, two gloves. And it doesn't get any more difficult for them this coming week. They've got the Jets. They beat the Jaguars last week. Teddy Bridgewater looked phenomenal. Justin, or sorry, Trevor Lawrence throws a couple picks as well. Jacksonville has lost 17 straight. Ties the longest streak since Detroit did it from 07 to 09. Cortland Sutton looked Welcome terrible. back, Cortland Sutton. Yes. Nine catches, 159 yards. I'll clap it up for Cortland. Cortland, big Happy day. to see you back. Yeah. A Noah Fan had a pretty good day, too. He did. He caught a touchdown. I would say part of Cortland Sutton's success was due to the fact no Jerry Judy. We don't know when Judy's going to be back. It was a high ankle sprain. It looked a lot worse than it was, so I'm glad that he's okay. Krob, go ahead. Also, Tim Patrick has weirdly stayed involved on that team. I thought when Drew Locke was named the backup i said goodbye tim patrick because it seemed like Locke had a weird obsession thrown to him but he has carved out quite the role yeah so i mean i think we're happy for the broncos happy for teddy bridgewater broncos roll they'll roll again next week next game this one's gonna be a quick one browns texans this game was a lot closer than it should have been tyrod taylor looked very well if tyrod taylor would have stayed in the game the texans might have had a chance he to win 10 this for one. 11 when he left the game he leaves with a hamstring injury it's not looking like he's going to be back for thursday night football davis mills comes in does not look great browns roll late 31 21 tyrod taylor's got put on the ir oh short term long term short term out for the next three weeks yep. at least that's one note three losses for the texans coming up one note for the browns they have let up five passing touchdowns in two games now granted they did play Patrick Mahomes, but... They give up three passing touchdowns this week and two last week, or two this week, I think they gave week. up three last week and two this week, okay. if, I'm, if I'm sure about it. But Tyrod Ty ran for one. It's certainly week. not great. And on third down defense, opponents 17 for 27 for 63%. That's got to be better for a defense that is typically stout comparative to their offense, which is six for 16 on third down, 38%. And However, I, my Friday stat stays intact for Cleveland on the bright side. Cleveland's now 6-0 and in games following a loss under head coach Kevin Stefanski, so that's a big bounce back. And I don't in the steal, same season. I don't want to steal your stat thunder here, but I'm almost positive I saw a stat where Baker Mayfield this season is 15 of 15 on play action passes for an average of 22.1 yards per attempt. It's a lot. And you Bet know the stat man Snyder? <laughs> It might have to uh, be. be. But you know why that is? It's because they have the best rushing attack in the NFL. No one can stop Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They have the best O-line in football. This show, some show some respect to Demetric Felton. He did have a touchdown. It was and a great play. he had a play. very good spin move. Yeah, it was looking good. So the Browns are a dangerous team. I don't like that they're in the AFC North. After watching two games, I would say they're far and away the best team in the AFC North. Let's move on. Quick one here. Jets, Patriots. Mac Jones looks good. James White looks good. 25-6, to six, Tim. I called it. You I did. called a three touchdown. I called it. I said. To be fair, it down. It's, I mean, it's 19 points. I hey, would say. Mac Jones only has one touchdown yeah, through Mac, two weeks. Yeah, that's true. But I did call that they were going to be beat, beat the brakes off the Jets. Zach Wilson, I mean, come on, man. You He's going to lead like the league in interceptions. So bad. Potential rush of the year from Damian Harrison this one. That was awesome. Oh, that, he went beast mode. Patriots rolled 25-6. Patriots have now six. won 11 straight versus the Jets. Well, Speaking of running backs, Mac Jones is using James White. It's James White resurgence he time. He's using him just like Tom Brady. I'm 13 happy, targets happy for 12 for catches for two weeks. Another quick one. Gosh, what a weird game. 49ers 17, Eagles 11. Right when everyone was able to hop on that Eagles bandwagon after they dismantled the Falcons in week one, they come out and lay an egg against the four. I guess not a real egg, 11 points, but you know what I mean. They looked awful. Jalen Hurts did not look the part. He carries the ball 10 times for 82 yards and a touchdown but only completes 12 out of 23 passes for 190 yards. Go ahead, Wes. 
So I have two cool stats for this. San Francisco has made the Super Bowl in each of their last two seasons when they start 2-0. and So that's interesting. And my other stat is a really weird Jalen Hurts stat. So Jalen Hurts week one had the lowest or the yeah, the lowest average depth of target at 3.6 yards. 14 of his 35 total attempts were at or behind the line of scrimmage. In week two, he had the highest average depth of target at 15.7 yards per pass, the biggest jump in the NFL. That's gotta that's be impressive. Game. That's gotta be game plan. It's not really impressive. I don't give a damn how far he throws the ball. No, I'm just saying it's impressive a... that it can change that much from week to week. I would say it's interesting. I wouldn't say impressive because he sucked balls last week. Yeah. But... Um, I have one thing to say about this game. Two Go things. Ahead. Go ahead. We'd Number love one. To hear him. <laughs> Rest in peace to Brandon Ayuk's career. <laughs> I mean, good. Lord. He caught a pat, or did he get targeted? He caught one a pass. pass. Woo! Secondly, game. secondly, we are one step closer to Trey Sermon, people. Jamichael Hasty looked pretty good when he came in. Six carries for 41 yards. I think Not I read bad. Trey Sermon has a concussion. Trey Sermon got freaking nailed. In yeah, I read game. that yeah, he had a concussion. I'm pretty sure he has a concussion. Jamichael Hasty, what I've heard, at least from Jamichael Hasty, is could be out a couple weeks with his ankle injury. Most are done for the year. Elijah Mitchell somehow hanging on with no injuries. This backfield seems to be a graveyard every year. Elijah Mitchell didn't play too bad, though. I mean, he played decent. They did the sign spot. Trenton Cannon, though, who was released by the Ravens after week one. Did he I got see that signed they maybe the looked into Duke Johnson, too? Did I see that? Yeah, yeah. Duke Johnson, veteran back. Well, I mean, they're just going to be doing that all year. Kyle Shanahan backs. and John Lynch are listening, stay the hell away from Duke Johnson Jr. It's not worth it. He stinks. I actually kind of like He's good. Good man. Cool name. He stinks. Yeah, cool Great name. third down he back. Stinks. Dookie. He stinks. Another quick one. Panthers dismantle the Saints. Sam Darnold looks legit. Christian McCaffrey has a great game. Love it. I'm a little worried about Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore looks like the guy in that offense. It's looking like most of the targets are going to go straight to Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore with not much room for Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson still has nine targets, but they're again, it's he's kind of fallen back into what he was in the Jets offense with Sam Darnold, which is a deep threat only. They kind of have taken him away from those short passes that he was getting last year, and that's partly due to Christian McCaffrey's return. But I think if they're able to move him more around in the middle of the field and in intermediate passes, we'll see a lot more of Robbie Anderson involved. Speaking of Sam Darnold, this is his first 2-0 start in his career since 2017 when USC started 4-0. His team stink. Well, yeah, he, he played for the Jets. What do we, what do we he played for the Jets for three years. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Wes just looked up Sam Darnold's. That's like saying Trevor Lawrence lost has lost his first two regular season for the games first time ever, dating back to when he came out of the and that womb. That is true. <laughs> and that is true. God, it's we awesome. Got, man. I gotta start checking his stats. No, no, or no. At no, least no, do curbing, I need to go through and do a stat check? No, 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 no. Okay. Sam Darnold cool. has nothing to say about this game, but Panthers dominate. We're moving on. I can't wait to talk about this one. <laughs> I cannot wait. No, have your fun. Take you take your victory lap. Go ahead. Oh, were you thinking I was going to talk about the Dolphins? Oh, I don't know. Why were you smiling? I was going to talk about the Cardinals. and But, I mean, I guess if you're so, oh, so we eager can, no, to talk let's, about, let's jump into it. Let's, yeah, take let's your victory lap. If you're going to open the door, let's I mean, walk through I it. Yes. Take your victory lap. Go ahead. Oh, Bills. The Bills didn't even look good in this game. That's the worst part about it. And they still won 35-0. to zero. Hey, the defense looked damn good. They it did. Josh Allen didn't look great. Devin Singletary busted a long run. Not Zach a... Moss had two tuds. Devin, yeah. And I mean, I guess, I guess Stephon Diggs catches a touchdown. It was busted coverage though. Xavier Howard played him pretty well. Lost the whole his game. shoe. But thirty-five to nothing. Christ Almighty! And it's not even like the Dolphins were never in the red zone. How many red zone turnovers did they have in this game? Was it three or two? 
I think it was two, but I mean, it doesn't, too many it doesn't matter. Good one. Buffalo, Five, four, it's, three, two, one, too many. Buffalo's largest shutout win since week three in 1992. I mean, Miami got pounced in this game, and let it, it out, Wes. Let out the rage. It just, I mean, I can't help but like not talk about Chris Greer. I want to talk about how good of a drafter he is, but you've had. Th- what four or five first round picks in the last three years you've drafted one offensive lineman with that and when it was you drafted the bust of all the offensive linemen in that class austin jackson has not turned out well at all miami's very much in trouble with their offensive line everyone talks about how it's Tua's fault we saw we saw clearly in this game Tua has no issues with that part of the team it's the offensive line that's going to cost the dolphins anything they ever want no Tua is well what did Tua do wrong be made of glass can he I play two <laughs> drives and he got slammed three times to the ground? Can I make a comment real quick? I would love. I don't for know you if Chris to. Greer was the one drafting back then, but I do remember Chris Greer's first year was when they drafted Austin Jackson. Okay, then he didn't make this pick, but the Dolphins did have a pretty good offensive lineman that they drafted pretty high, and in they the draft, turned it not very well for ago. five first-round picks. But does it matter if you turn it well if you don't do anything with those picks? Exactly. I think Tua was a good pick. I think Jalen Waddle was a good pick. I think Jalen Phillips Can, will be a good pick. Let's pump the brakes real quick. They're let's great go, picks. Let's go back to draft time when they're on the field. When the Bengals took Jamar Chase, they were getting fucking roasted by everyone and their mamas on national media. The Bengals' offensive line sucks. They can't protect Joe Burrow. It doesn't look great so far. It's not like they improved it a whole lot. But it's not nearly as bad as this damn Miami Dolphins offensive line. And they passed on Panay Sewell, too. Why is no one talking about that? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. People know Joe Burrow's good. They don't think that about Tua. So people care more that Joe Burrow could actually compete here. Like, let's get Joe Burrow a line so he doesn't die. And you know what I said on draft night? Who are the three players I wanted? Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, or Panay Sewell. And we got none of the three. Jalen Waddles looked great in the offense, but he's not going to get the ball. He just won't. And Tua I mean, can't throw the ball on his back. Tua can't. can't throw the ball on his feet. Yes, he can. <laughs> <laughs> not if it's not an RPO slant. But you know well, who can throw the ball. Through. He West, also can't throw the ball in a wheelchair. Tim, so. Tim I'm going to send you on a side quest right now. You know who I can throw the ball. I love me my side quest. Really quickly. I want you to find Tua Tungavailoa. Sorry, I butchered that name. Tungavailoa's deepest pass completion this year not necessarily well, yardage wise like air yards completion i don't want to be this guy but man oh man am i gonna have a great time and i can already tell you what it's gonna be tim in 30 yard pass at Devontae parker in 2025 when we're sitting down on sunday to watch a good football game and we watch ty lua tug of iloa come out and the candy ass <laughs> miami dolphins it's uniforms Leo, but i sure. don't care i mean get some easier names guys come on yeah no offense to the family hawaiian we love them They've got good roles. Hawaiian roles. Yeah, good roles. Good I'm going to say it. Drew Brees played through 600 broken ribs last night. If Tua doesn't and a trot out, lung. If, Drew, if Tua doesn't trot out on that football field, A, I will be happy because I am a Jacoby Brissett truther, and B, God, he looked bad too. He's not good. Okay, well, let's move on. I feel bad. Wes is looking like he's sweating just, out of his eyes. Can I just one, one time? Go ahead. The highest pass blocking grade for this week for Miami Dolphins was Liam Eichenberg, who took 23 snaps with a 59 grade. Uh, 55 yards is his longest air yard pass in his NFL career. That's not bad. 55 is normal. It was completed? No. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> well, we I have guess. to make sure. He can throw it as far as he wants. I, was it a Hail Mary? Did he throw it? Okay, okay, but let's... can we be honest, though? To be fair, until this year, he hasn't had people that can go get the ball deep. See, it's either he doesn't he have hasn't. a line or he doesn't well, have he got a one... He hasn't. Why, we can't argue that. Who was he had to throw the ball to last year? Jaheim Devontae Parker. Grant. 
Devontae Parker was getting double teamed because he's the only target we had. And when it wasn't, Devontae Parker is Mike Kosicki. What That's is Mike Kosicki doing this year? He's not getting targets because the offense doesn't like to throw to him. He has nine targets. <laughs> he's not in the pl- he's not in the game plan. He That's has so n- dumb. He has nine so targets, dumb. three catches. He is he's averaging thirteen point seven yards a catch. Okay, well we got to get moving a little bit. We are falling behind schedule here. Quick notes on some of these games. Cardinals Vikings. Classic Vikings. Yeah. That's all needs to I be said. Called that the second I saw Greg Joseph walk out. I mean, everyone knew he That's was the most all time Vikings move ever. All time. Buccaneers roll over the Falcons, 48-25. My guy Mike Edwards with a pick six. Did he have two pick sixes or just one? He had two picks. I don't know if they're two pick sixes. I think, he I scored, think they were both pick sixes. I do believe it was two pick sixes from Mike, Mike Edwards. Mike Edwards, UK. Let's go, baby. Buccaneers roll. Looking like the best team in football. Going to love to see that matchup coming up next week against the Rams. Brady has four-plus passing touchdowns in four straight games. That's tied for the second longest streak since 1950. And look at Gronk out there. Yeah. Gronk's he, back. Gronk he doesn't watch back. film. He watch, He runs past people. He that was just awesome. plucking touchdowns. I feel like every other catch was an awesome a touchdown. Quote. All right. Cowboys, Chargers, Krob, what, what would you like to say about your, your Cowboys? There's here. really not too much I have to say here. Trayvon Diggs is elite. Okay, go ahead. I agree. Tony Pollard needs to be more involved in the offense. I think we needed to let Dak throw the ball a little more outside of the interception, which was just plain bad. That looked like a miscommunication. He, with him and it did. But he completed a lot of passes. I think he finished with a pretty decent completion percentage. I can double check what his completion percentage actually ended up being last game. 23 to 27. Yeah, that's not awful. I mean, he got it. How do you the go for incompletions is like... Very, Very good. fucking good. How do you go yeah. from throwing 50, what, 58 passes, was it, week one, to going 27? I mean, the defense played holding the Chargers to 14 points. Seven, I'm never going to complain about that. Yeah, 17. I wouldn't either. The Chargers now, offense. Now, granted, the game was hard to watch because, good Lord, were there a lot of flags. But, again, I'm happy with how the Cowboys played. I liked seeing Micah Parsons as an edge rusher. I, I really liked that look. And I'm just interested to see where this team goes because – the door is wide open in the NFC East. It is. A cool stat from this game, though. Asante Samuel Jr. gets his first INT in just his second career game. He beats his dad, Asante Samuel Sr., who got in his third career game. So, fun little wow. Thanksgiving, congratulations. Thanksgiving Day well, dinner Congratulations, banter. Asante. Asante Samuel looked He looks really great. good. Like, he was all over the field also. Was he, what, second-round pick? Yeah. Yeah, he also, Keenan really Allen good. and Mike Williams both look really good. Mike Williams finally looks like a top 10 pick. I'm so happy about Go it. Go Mike Williams. And I'm not going to actually take a victory lap, but maybe I'll roll my chair around a little bit. Like I said earlier, Titans go to Seattle, win that game. No Taylor Luan, and they win. I was two for two. I, was, I didn't hit the Bengals one, but more importantly, I was in Nashville. The energy was electric. Boots on the ground. The boots were on the ground. I felt this win coming. Derrick Henry was not at the Jonas Brothers concert, was hoping he was, but I think it was mostly because he was getting ready to run for fucking 182 yards and three touchdowns. Golly, Wes, that man, take it away. Okay, so Henry with 41 touches, 237 scrimmage yards and three touchdowns. 160 of his yards came after contact. 13 attempts for uh, for 35 rushing yards in the first half, but 22 attempts for 147 yards in the second half. Which is a bit bolstered Which, by I just want to point this out. I just want to point this out real quick. He had 160 yards after contact. The next closest running back yardage-wise from week two was Dalvin Cook with 131 yards total. He had 160 after contact. That's a statement about how bad their offensive line was, but still. Well, isn't that he doesn't he get that after contact anyways every year? Like, isn't that always? Because he's, he's a grown man. Because he's a boys. fucking 
freight train. King Henry. King Henry he crowned that man. Looking like the Titans are going to get an easy one against the Colts next week with no Carson Wentz. But, oh, that's a, that's that a game. I skipped right over Pretty that much. game. What a game that one was. Yeah, I can't was believe I skipped game. that one. Rams, Colts. Cooper Cup. Came down Welcome the end. back. My, my little Cooper Cup, man. Welcome back. He looked great. He's looking like maybe a top 10 receiver in the NFL. It may just be scheme. A lot of people thought Robert Woods was going to be the guy coming into the year, and Cooper Cup has proven that he is Matthew Stafford's favorite, favorite target. This Rams team, this Rams team looks great, and like I said earlier, I'm excited to see them against the Bucks next week. I think Woods will right the ship soon enough. Van Jefferson's a little bit too involved early on. I think that's going to diminish in a lot more. Robert, yeah, Woods they did waste up. a high pick on him two years ago. Gotta say, Van Jefferson could be worth it. Rams are now two and zero for the fourth straight season. The Rams look good. McVay is a dog. Sunday night football: Chiefs Ravens. If I was a gambling man, which I'm not, as we always say here, I'm not 21. I would say that. I might have lost a lot of money here, and it hurt my soul a lot. But luckily, I am not a gambling man, so I didn't lose any money. Gosh, Mahomes, first ever September interception, first loss in September. Mr. September falls. Lamar somehow that's, pulls this one out of his that's ass. That's what happens when you go against the best running back in the NFL. He doesn't fumble, and you don't game plan. I mean, doesn't fumble, still turns the ball over. I think people are starting to figure out Lamar Jackson. I don't know. Somehow the Chiefs blew this one. Tim? Everyone kind of says they're, gonna, they're figuring out Lamar Jackson. They're figuring out, I would say, more of the Ravens' offense. I think it's That's more of a— so gr- one-dimensional. I think it's more of a Greg Roman thing. Lamar can't do too much in the passing game when Marquise Brown is the only one who's getting real separation. Mark Andrews hasn't looked great, and— the only thing he can do is scramble where he's getting a lot of his yards. His No one's going to be able to figure out his rushing, which everyone says they can, but no one's going to be able to figure that out. His passing, though, it's just not great. It's not great. And I'm going to throw in another interesting stat here. I kind of feel like I'm still in your Thunder West, but this one is actually a really good stat. You touched on Hollywood Marquise Brown. He led the NFL in Week 2 with most girlfriends in attendance. Of he did game. have two of them. <laughs> he had two separate girlfriends in attendance he goes for six catches 113 yards and a touchdown i don't want to say that it's the main reason but like i said earlier i'm not saying it's not baller move two girlfriends six catches 113 yards one touchdown the guy fucks oh he is safe to say the guy fucks i think that's the most obvious thing we've seen in a while so two stats in this game uh, Lamar Jackson's ninth career game of 100-plus passing yards and 100-plus rushing yards, which is the most since 1950. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Baltimore blitzed last year 44.1% of times on pass plays. That was the most in the NFL. On Sunday night, they blitzed 12.8% of times on pass plays. That's the lowest ever under defensive coordinator Don Martindale. Mahomes had a passer rating of 129.4 when he was blitzed and 98.7 when not blitzed. That's Big interesting. Difference. Very interesting, because normally when you blitz Patrick Mahomes, you think it's just going to open stuff up exactly. for him. Exactly. They said even – I was reading a stat today. It said even the best quarterbacks, like, against the blitz, so Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, guys that can, like, call out pass protections, even their QBRs don't drop that much. So Interesting. He's still the GOAT. So good. Mahomes so good. Crab, anything about this game? I was disappointed, to say the least. In the Chiefs, I mean, that should have been an easy win, in my opinion. I don't think the Ravens are all that. But, you know, defense just needs to be better, right? Outside of Tyron Matthew, I haven't really seen anything from the Chiefs defense that 
excites me if I was a Chiefs fan. Chris I feel Jones. like Tyreek Hill wasn't involved enough either on that Chris offense. Jones and He's getting Frank triple Clark teamed. Both look yeah. solid. Tyreek was getting triple teamed, but like we all agree, the Ravens snuck this one out. They shouldn't have won. Congrats to them as an baller AFC. baller move by John Harbaugh and Lamar. <laughs> he looked at him and said, "That was awesome, Lamar. You want to go for it?" And Lamar said, "It reminds yeah. me of that clip from South Park. The dude with his balls in the wheelbarrow. That was John Harbaugh, basically." <laughs> okay, well, money, let's get some Monday Night Football. Some would say headlined by Aaron Jones going for four touchdowns. The Packers win thirty-five seventeen. But the one thing I want to focus on most is. I know we gave Krob a lot of shit for almost getting us canceled for dropping the old Washington R words. <laughs> but let's not forget, Peyton Manning dropped a little Washington R words on live. And he's ESPN got a bigger too. head than I do. He's got more room it's, to keep that it's knowledge clo- in there. It's close, but I would give the edge to Manning as well. I could fit a helmet on pretty decently. <laughs> but I was joking around. Obviously, the real story is Aaron Jones going for four touchdowns, three of those being receiving touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers. Wes, I believe he's the first player to score four touchdowns on Monday Night Football since Marshall Falk. Is that a stat? You don't have that stat? I do believe that is true. However, I do have Aaron Jones, the first running back in Green Bay history with three receiving touchdowns and a rushing touchdown in the same game. I mean, he looked great. Also, that necklace that he lost, they found it. They They did did. find it today. For those who don't know, Aaron Jones lost a necklace with his father's ashes in it and he said he lost it in the end zone. He said that if he was ever to lose it in one place, he was happy it was in the end zone. Which is also quote. a baller move. Yeah. Well, let's let's clap it up for Aaron Jones, man. Like, we're ha- we're happy for well, Aaron this Jones. This was what the first. This was the first game at Lambeau that his dad was not at. I believe Damn. that was one of the things I said last night in his post game press conference. Which can we get a moment of silence for uh, Aaron Jones' father? Thank you. That was beautiful. Jared Goof did not look terrible. Couple late turnovers. <laughs> Hawkinson looked good. Hawkinson is a top four tight end. He's easily the fourth best. Quintez tight end. Cephas almost made one Kev- Odell Beckham Giants level catch. That was in Kevin that King was that getting has- toasted. He but, is so bad. But I I want to give props to Eric Stokes and Jair Alexander because Stokes, a rookie in first round from Georgia, looks great. Jair Alexander's Jair Alexander. This defense is still without Zadarius Smith. I think the Packers going to be all right. That fourth For down sure. play where Detroit was driving at the end of the game to try and make it close. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was fourth down play. They threw a Jair, I think. They, There's one guy on the field you don't want to throw. Why would you throw a Jair Alexander? Are you talking about the they threw a hitch? Is yeah. that Stokes? Was it yeah, Stokes? Yeah, they threw it Stokes. Okay. They threw yeah, it Stokes two times I was going to say, because if, if you're on a fourth down play and you need to make the, like, make the play, why are you throwing a Jair Alexander? They threw Not, two times to Stokes on fourth down. One of them was a hitch. The other one was a deep ball to Quintez Cephas, yeah. I believe, and Stokes broke both of them up. He, he might end up being a... Smart pick. Everyone roasted the Packers for taking him mm-hmm. instead of making Rodgers happy again. I think that might be a smart pick, though. We'll see. That wraps up week two kickoff. We got to, what we always do on this episode, we got to talk about Thursday night football coming up for week three. Did I say week three right, recap? Yes. I meant week two recap. Well, you said week two kickoff. I don't, I don't even know. Guys, who, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be this guy. I want you to be that guy. I think we maybe need to have a two-minute conversation about this Thursday night game. Like, I don't want to talk about it's it. It's not even either. a game, dude. The Panthers are going to come into Thursday 2-0, and and Thursday night they're going to leave the stadium. They're going to be 3-0. and I hope to God, for my sake, Christian McCaffrey has the game of his life because I love it. DJ Moore, game of his life. Love it. Panthers 3-0. Texans are way better than people thought, but Davis Mills is not Tyrod Taylor. They're going to stink. David Culley's going to punt on weird plays like he did this week. Panthers are going to roll. The most impressive stat in my eyes for this Panthers team, they've given up zero points in the first half. 
That I is think they've damn, outscored 35 to nothing. Damn impressive. Half. So I was the only one that said the Panthers are going to beat the Saints. I thought the Panthers were legit. I liked it too much that Take I talked your myself big, out of talk it. Talk your Come shit, on, boy. Now. Come Atta on, boy. Now. But hey, in, in all seriousness, I don't expect the Texans to break this streak. I mean, it'd be ironic if Davis Mills was the one to throw for a touchdown. Brandon Cooks is no one to overlook. Most underrated receiver in the NFL. Yeah, he looked good last week. He is he technically the wide receiver one in Houston? Oh, not even. Oh, absolutely. There's nothing technical about it. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I don't ever see him as a wide Wes, receiver can you one. name me? I don't know if there are more than three. I think there's three. Can you name me the three running backs for the Texans that get carries? David Johnson. He's not going to get it. I'm not going to get it. Oh, Wes. Crop can. What? Three running backs. Pay attention, bro. Yeah, come on. Sorry, I just saw some news about Kentucky recruiting. I was reading it. Well, no shit. They're they're all over the place. No, three well, running. It wasn't good news. Oh, damn it. Three running backs for the Texans that get carries. How do you not know this? I said David I can Johnson. Name- David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, Rex Burkhead. I could keep going. Oh, I forgot Burks. Is it? I, I didn't Rex think about Philip Lindsay. That's because he doesn't get carries. He, he, does. he only he's catches a, passes. Yeah, Philip Lindsay got a touchdown this weekend. Plus How are you forgetting about him? Back on track. Score for thrill. Back on track. Oh, Tim, real quick before we give Carolina's our only a seven and a half point favorite. And I might be Mr. Freeze. Oh, God. The coldest. Don't say it. Don't, Tim, don't say it. The coldest. Fake better. Tell me that you like the Texans to cover. If you can bet legally, please, for the love of God, do not listen to what Tim Conway's about bet to say. the opposite Follow me of on Tim. Twitter at ContimWan. Hashtag fade, <laughs> hashtag <laughs> fade <laughs> producer. You do not no, want to do fade that. Fade my picks. Please. Hashtag okay. fade Dr. producer Tim. Dr. Okay, Tim, Locks. go ahead. Tim, go ahead. Start off our score predictions here. I'm going to go Carolina 28, Texans 7. Dr. Locks. What a weird score. I think that – is there a real way that – uh, uh, the Texans get more than one score, honestly. I don't and know, I th- but I I'm think, afraid. I think all, <laughs> I, the only thing I can say is that I think that Carolina's going to run the ball the entire second half and just get out of there after they get up big. What's what, the what, over-under? That, 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 that 300 monster in Houston. Are you kidding me? We just talked <laughs> what, about it. What's, what's the over-under looking like, Tim? Uh, it's at totals at 43 right now. Oh, Christ. Oh, Lord. That's low. I'm going to go next. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to go Panthers win 24-3. Owie. <laughs> McCaffrey goes for three touchdowns. Darnold doesn't throw for a touchdown. Davis Mills throws three picks. Darnold 43 starts, is so low. Darnold starts three and over in his career for the second time since 2017. Oh, my, oh gosh, my God. Shut up. <laughs> we don't care. Crop score prediction, Gail. 31-6, Panthers. Also taking the under. Wes? Uh, 24-10, Panthers. We oh my god! I Every can't. time, last time, all of us took the under. The final score is thirty to twenty nine. All right, guys, bet the over. Bet the over. That's all we got here for our Tuesday <laughs> or Wednesday. I don't even know. We're it's so a Wednesday good. episode. Wednesday, Wednesday episode. episode. Film on Tuesdays, guys. It was a great I'll episode. Break I'm, the fourth wall, why don't you? Oh yeah, gosh, I'm I'm spilling too many beans. I'm just happy <laughs> to be back here in the studio. The boots are back. The horse is back in the stable here. Great episode. Like I said, Friday. Possible interview on the way, so make sure you're tuning in. About Cincinnati's fake football game this weekend. Oh, God, I forgot I said that they have a trap (laughs) game. Either way, we're going to talk to James Camden on Friday about this upcoming Notre Dame game. You guys have a great rest of your Wednesday. Peace the fuck out, boys. Love you guys. See ya.